Hello podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in today. You are listening to the Inscape Quest podcast show and I am your host Trudy Howley. Here I am talking with people about how they engage with their relationships, work and passions. Please share this with a friend and thanks to you we can grow meaningful conversations together one episode at a time. Welcome listeners. Thank you for tuning in today to my conversation with Bruce Gottlieb. Bruce is a psychotherapist and has been for the last 50 years. He's classically trained and specializes in somatic approaches to sports psychology. He's worked with amateur, pro, and Olympic athletes. I'm looking forward to exploring how mind and body will work with performance in the game of golf. Welcome, Bruce. I'm really excited to talk with you today as we rethink the classic phrase of golf as a good walk spoiled. Thank you, Trudy. It's my pleasure and honor to be here with you. And I actually don't think that's possible to play golf and have a good walk spoiled. Okay. Well, I'm really excited to hear more about that, especially as I have to admit that I'm not a golfer myself, but I have heard many stories from friends and people in my family who have recounted the golfer that uh, stomps when they miss a putt or there's a lot of foul mouth uh, talking going on after bad shots and even worse occasionally hear about the player throwing a club or breaking a club. Um, I'm curious as we dive into this topic if we can just get really clear about what the difference might be between the pro golfer and the amateur golfer? In short, the professional golfer has a team, a whole team of professionals working with them on every nuance of the game. They even have body workers. They may have a sports therapist. And the pro golfer also understands that besides hitting each other, they're managing the course as well as managing the game. That's that's a, a quick and incomplete, but a, a good enough description of, of the pro golfer. The amateur golfer, if we know that the pro athlete has uh, quite an extensive support system, how can the amateur golfer improve their performance and not get caught up in all these maybe angry or self-critical pieces to their game? Well, I think there are a couple of uh, key issues there. First of all, what are the expectations that the amateur golfer has for how they're going to perform? And are their expectations realistic for the amount of practice they've put in, for the amount of um, teachings and studying uh, that they've had about the game? Um, so most, most amateur golfers, even those with good handicaps, are usually overexcited and believe that they're better than what they actually are. So managing your expectations is really important. Can your mind be clear on the golf course? So if there are things going on in the home front for the amateur golfer, uh, if there are things in the business world, 
whatever that are detracting energies from their thinking process while on the course, then it's not going to be a good day. The pro golfer learns to manage life off the course and knows how to keep uh, the life away from the course. Although when you watch certain golfers, you might have a, a very suboptimal day. You might wonder exactly what is going on in their life because this is atypical of their game. So I think the amateur golfer needs to have realistic expectations. I think there's another issue that gets in the way for the amateur golfer, and that is they focus on a score and they're very competitive. And that's always going to get in your way because you're focusing on an end result and you're losing your presence sometimes for what has to be done in this moment with this shot. Views I have of of the difference. So as we think about the amateur golfer getting realistic and working on their own performance as a way of maybe looking at performance anxiety or performance self-criticism being directly connected to other areas in their life, how could they start getting out of their head and into a more instinctive game? Fascinating question. And golf is a fascinating sport from my perspective. For me, it's the one sport that probably has the most nuanced technical skills attached to it, which makes it very complicated to to do. So when there's performance anxiety, whenever anyone's anxious in life, they're usually anxious about an outcome of something. What's going to happen in the future? Will I have a good score? Will um, maybe a traumatic event happen that happened in the past? You, you worry about things that take your attention away from right now. With golf, you have to be present. With golf, you have to really get out of your head. Or with anything, you want to study. You want to learn the technical skills that you need to know to do the job that you're studying for. Then you need to try and incorporate those into your body so that there's a fluidity of movement. So you need to learn the skills. You need to practice the skills. You need to be able to visualize in golf, uh, see what you want to have happen. And you need to incorporate that visualization into your body. The golfer, when they go to um, hit a golf shot, they need to make an assessment of what the lie of the ball is, what the weather conditions are, where they want the ball to land. Now they stand back and they visualize the shot. What's the shape of the ball in flight? After they visualize the shot, personally, I like to close my eyes and feel the swing that's necessary to produce that particular shot, to get that flight path exactly as I'd like. How do I need to move my body to do that? Okay, now I go and I address the ball and I I tend to my grip and I tend to my stance and my ball position. And now I let go of everything. I can't think because if I think my bodily movements are gonna be like a ratchet, you know, one crank at a time, I need fluidity to produce the proper golf swing in contact with the ball. So I need to 
relax my hands, relax my body. And personally, the only thing I, I want my breath to have a certain rhythm, and then I know I'm relaxed, I need to see it, I need to feel it, and then I need to let go and trust that will it will all be done. So as we think about golf being a very technical game and you're sharing about the swing and how can the amateur golfers really start practicing how to stay calm before and during their swing? Is it best to start when they're at home visualizing on the range or as they go out and play their next game? It's all of the above. I think how you do anything is how you do everything. And basically how you do everything is how you do anything. So if you wait to pre- wait to execute something until you need to execute that something, you're probably not going to execute it well. So how do you practice staying calm when you're feeling some tension in your body? This is a, for how we live life. So if I want to perform on a golf course and be able to relax, I need to be tuned into my body throughout the day. I need to know when the tension is rising. I need to know where I feel constriction in my body. And then I need to breathe uh, whatever it is that one does. For me, it's breath work. To practice breathing, bring my body back into a more regulated, coherent state. The more we practice this throughout the day, and I don't know about you or any of the listeners, but I have a lot of opportunities every day to practice getting my breathing under control because I start to feel tension somewhere in my body. And it doesn't even need to be a particular precipitant to that tension. All of a sudden, I might feel my shoulders touch. And I say, just be aware of your inhale and exhale. Practice that throughout your day when you're on the golf course. Been working as a psychotherapist for a number of decades and seems to be a game that's played. People might become physically worn down or not able to engage with the sport so well, but 50-year-old could play golf just as well as a 20-year-old, so it's not all about physical responsives. What what about the, the beauty of learning new tools to play golf as you age as well? It's interesting, and I chuckled because so golf is a game where if you're in tune with your body and you know the technical skills, you have the essence of what needs to happen, then you, you'll you be able to realign yourself and make movements that can produce the desired resh- shot, but it may not look quite the same as a professional golfer. You, you don't have to be the big buff athlete. You don't have to be young. You don't have to be anything. You just have to know what to do You have to be in tune with your body, and then you have to trust your body to let it do what it knows it needs to do. Learning to be in the present moment and learning to trust your body, getting rid of the critical self for the amateur golfer, where this balance of overthinking versus developing unconscious actions is it all just in practice in the practice of letting go letting how go. to know 
and how to let go and be in the flow. No, let go and flow. They, it all goes together. When we think too much, we get this monkey mind and we're all over the place. When we can know what we need to know, trust that we know it, then we can do it. I think, you know, frequently you hear things like, oh, this person's afraid of failure. I actually think the opposite most of the time. This person's afraid of success. We all know how to fail. We all know how to um, have our excuses lined up to stave off some embarrassment. But what if we were to show who we really are? What if we were to allow ourselves to stand in our brand new shoes that we just bought that really highlight who we are? That's a lot harder to do. Wondering, as you talk about that, I'd like to kind of dive more into this idea of being preoccupied with vulnerabilities as opposed to positive thinking in terms of improving performance. Is it getting rid of anxiety or learning to play with anxiety? Well, if you know how to get rid of anxiety and you don't tell me, I'm going to be very upset. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We all have anxiety and it shows up even when we don't want it. We don't have control over it. There's only a few things, hypothetically, I can't control. Two of the things I can't control are whether I have a thought and whether I have a feeling. I'm pre-programmed and you're pre-programmed. It's based in our history and many other things. And thoughts just appear. I can't say, oh, I never want that thought again. Well, I may never want that thought again, but it will appear. Same with feeling states. It's all about management. And this also, by the way, is, I'm gonna go back to the difference between the pro and the amateur golfer. The pro golfer, knows how to manage their game. They may see something uh, on the driving range before a round or during a round and say, oh, I need to manage this or I need to manage that. And they make wise decisions. I don't expect not to have anxiety. And I can tap into that affective state sooner. I can slow it down, which now is going to free up energy for my proactive flow forward. And you, if you're in tune with your body, you'll be able to realign yourself and make movements that can produce the desired shot, but it may not look quite the same as a professional golfer. You just have to know what to do. You have to be in tune with your body, and then you have to trust your body to let it do what it knows it needs to do. and getting rid of. So I know you're very skilled in working with various athletes and clearly with yourself as well. And from my own work, I know that physical tension shows up in many people in many different ways. And physical tension can be a way of bracing in particularly around an old injury or certain life events can even show up during a a sports game. How do you start releasing the physical tension in terms of when it's old stuff showing up? Older, whether it's new, it's there and it's real. And so 
whether it's old or new, we're going to treat it the same. This is what I call staying on it. We have to stay on the practice of breathing, maybe having a mantra, maybe triggering ourselves into a more positive thought process or a more positive movement. We have to stay on ourselves. We have to stay present. We have to stay connected to ourselves. And sometimes the tensions that we're feeling, the anxieties, the vulnerabilities, whatever, will uh, dissipate quickly. And sometimes they'll come back quickly without our even realizing it. That's the only way I know how to do this stuff is to constantly stay on it. So I love this idea of just bringing it back to the present and what's going on in your mind and body in the moment and combining positive self-talk and affirmation, more automatic smooth relaxation in the body but what happens when you end up in the sand trap or you're trying to play across a large body of water when you've got these external issues going on as well as the internal ones how how can the amateur golfer manage those things well they're actually um it's a great question, but I'm going to separate it into two different questions. One is, what happens when you go in a sand trap? Your amateur golfer is going to probably, you know, um, slump a little bit, go, oh, or worse, uh, you know, I missed my shot. I was, uh, how'd I get in a sand trap? It was from an errant shot. Start to feel bad about their shot. Now they're just spiraling downhill. So how they get out of the sand trap, first they have to get out of their head. You're not gonna get out of the sand trap in a pretty way if you're feeling dejected because your body posture from will be formed by that emotional state and you're not gonna have the proper tone in your body to do what it needs to do. So the first way to get out of the sand trap is to say, hmm, okay, how can I correct that shot next time? Okay, got it. Now I'm in a sand trap. Now we just go straight. Um, it's funny, I, I just had a ding at my end and I'm sorry about that, um, but it's from a professional golfer that I, I work with. Um, it's in a tournament down in Florida. It's get out of your head. Now focus on the shot in front of you. How am I going to get out of the sand trap? What's the nature of this sand? Because every every course has a different kind of um, material in the sand trap. Um, how do I get out of this? Uh, what What's the lie of the bull? You go through the same kinds of things. So your focus is on the proactive movement that's in front of you. It's not, oh, poop, I'm on the sand trap. Now your pro golfer, they love sand trap. They use them to their advantage. Sometimes being in a sand trap is better than having a, a long putt on an undulated drain. The sand trap is just a matter of staying positively focused and proactive, looking forward, not being stuck in that last shot. I play a game with my golfers and I call it distraction and focus. And say the gentleman that just sent me the text, I'll play with him. And as soon as 
he strikes the ball. The ball strikes his club head. I own that ball. So wherever it lands, that's my next shot. And wherever my ball lands becomes his next shot. So I'm the distraction in this game, which then all he has to do is focus on his next shot. So some golfers, especially two amateur golfers, get overly enamored with their good shots. They lose their focus with a bad shot. In this game that I play with the golfers, it forces the focus being on the next shot, no matter where the ball lies. So you just, it, it's just, you've practiced sand or you've not practiced sand. If you've practiced, then you'll probably know how to get out. So that's that's how you deal with, um, it could be in a thick rough, it could be in wet, wet thick grass, it could be having to hit from close to a tree. It's how do you perform the shot? You have to focus on the performance of that particular shot. Now, water is another issue or a mid fairway sand trap. So the course architect that puts diversions in front of us, things that can occupy our thought processes, those we also don't want to focus on. We want to acknowledge their presence. They exist. We don't want to go in them. But if we work to avoid, then we're being overly react. If we acknowledge them, okay, that's there. But where's my landing? How do, where, where, where's my next shot gonna be from? And, and how does that need to be? Now we again, refocus, not on the hazard in front of us, but on the proactive landing spot of our ball. So it's always a matter of focusing on the proactive, being appropriately reactive, so acknowledging the existence of any of these elements, and then refocusing on what to do proactively to execute properly. As we explore refocusing, I'd like to understand like refocusing internally and also games like golf and tennis and basketball and disc golf, all those kind of um, very hand-eye coordinated games. Like, how do you work with optimal visual attention? Can you work with that yourself in terms of psychologically, or is that just a innate skill that you're born with? I think it's a, a skill that can be learned and practiced. So I'm going to tell you some refocusing drills that I have. We all lose focus. We cannot stay constantly focused. And golf is a long game to stay constantly focused. So the golfer has to be focused, let go, come back into focus, let go, come back into focus. So it's always a matter of refocusing. So we, we not only need to practice focusing, we need to practice refocusing when we lose focus. One of the things I do is, and it has, to my knowledge, it has no physical benefit, but if I'm stopped at a red light, I will suck my belly button into my spine and I want to keep it that way until the light changes. Now, if you do that rather easily, then what I strongly suggest 
is when you're driving in the car and there are many distractions while driving in the car. So you have to pay attention first to your driving, but catch the odometer and suck your belly button into your spine and see if you can hold it for one mile, two miles. See how long you hold it before you realize you've lost the focus of holding your belly button into your spine. All I'm doing is trying to catch myself as soon as possible when I lose my focus. The art of refocusing. I, I have many ways that I do this. I don't. I think it's important to find something that works for you. Have a focus and see if you can catch yourself losing that focus. Where's my consciousness go that I lose sight of the ball? I find that very intriguing. And how does that work with putting as well? Well, putting has, has a lot of elements to it. There's a real art form to reading the greens. There's a lot of knowledge to knowing the terrain of not just the golf course, but the mountains, the water need you, and, and the overall valley of the city and where the, the pools are. So, so reading, reading a green is a very complicated task. It, it's, it's the same. It's, it's the same. You just have to get up, do what you do with your routine for putting, line it up the way you line up any shot, though the putting shot you line up differently, but the essence is the same. Relax and stay on it and let your hands and arms move the way they need to move in a relaxed way. Again, for me, my final awareness is on my breath because then I know my body is where it needs to be. So I love this kind of coming full circle in that your final awareness is on your breath and how we've talked about performance anxiety and performance improvement and combining the mind and body sensations as an art in the game of golf. Be driven to do the best that you can and also relax. Remember to enjoy yourself. Have realistic expectations. That's really crucial. Know who you are, know how you've practiced, know what you know. And to go along with the joy, if you're on a golf course, wow. Enjoy golf as a walk that is certainly not spoiled. You can find more about my guest today at brucegottlieb.net. Thank you for listening to the InScape Quest podcast with Trudy Howley. If you like this show and want to send questions or submit topics, please leave a message below or you can find me on Instagram at InscapeQuest. Thank you for listening and for your shares and downloads. Cheerio for now.